I'm Pat Kelly with K&K Land Service of Brazoria, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. If your ranch is struck by a wildfire, what considerations are you faced with in getting your operation back in order? I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll have some thoughts from a Texas Panhandle rancher. Tillage and seeding equipment for Texas crops and pastures in the new year. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more details straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. It is almost time for the 62nd Annual Blackland Income Growth Conference. This is Dr. Shane McClellan, and I'll have more from Waco. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. This is supposed to be a year of cooler and wetter weather, which is what you find with an El Nino weather pattern. Aaron Ward is with the National Weather Service in Amarillo. There's a couple of areas that we look at, but the main area we look at we call it the Nino 3.4 section, basically. And that area has been on a steady increase as far as the temperature compared to normal. It's been above normal now since about April, and it's been on a steady increase since then. And it has probably peaked, actually, already. It's probably peaked right around in the last couple of weeks. There is a chance that maybe we haven't reached our peak, but it has been a little bit of a decline. So it got up to about 2.1 degrees Celsius above normal here in this last last couple weeks. That actually classifies as a strong El Nino. We don't get El Ninos with that level of warmth very often. And there's a chance we could see something called a super El Nino this year. There is a chance if our temperatures can kind of hold steady at this kind of warmer state for a few more weeks and we can get our average temperature over basically November, December, and January to also average at right around two degrees warmer than normal, then that would classify as a historically warm El Nino. That would be like a super El Nino. We need a few more weeks for that temperature to hold right there around that two degrees C above normal for that to happen. And right now there's about a 50% chance that that could happen. So it's not a guarantee, but we'll have to see what the next few weeks hold and see if that can happen. If that happens, Ward says we should definitely see a cooler, wetter winter over the next few months. Farmers can now enroll or change their Farm Bill Safety Net program for the upcoming crop year. 
Thanks to a one-year extension of the 2018 Farm Bill, authorized Farm Bill programs like the Agriculture Risk Coverage and Price Loss Coverage programs will continue operating in the new year. FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau said the Farm Bill extension means business as usual for both ARC and PLC. Ducheneau said these programs provide critical financial protections against commodity market volatility for American farmers. Farmers should contact their local FSA to schedule an appointment to enroll or change elections. The deadline to do so is March 15th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Registration is now open for the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association's annual convention and expo. It will be held March 22nd through the 24th at the Fort Worth Convention Center. TSCRA is expecting over 4,000 cattle raisers, landowners, and allied industry professionals to attend. To register, go to cattleraisersconvention.com. Early bird registration discounts end on February 15th. There are several things to consider when getting your farm or ranch back in order after a wildfire. James Hunt tells us you may want to think about some of these things before a wildfire hits. Here in the Texas High Plains, where we are very prone to wildfires, it is good to do all we can to prevent them. But the reality is, while we can perhaps diminish the number and severity, wildfires will still occur from time to time. They're simply part of nature. Our ecosystem was built on fires. It's not anything new. You know, it's been happening for centuries and it's just something we have to learn how to manage. That's Adam Isaacs, whose family has been ranching east of Canadians since the 1880s. At a recent AgriLife wildfire education meeting, Adam Isaacs spoke about what's involved in post-fire management. It's everything from relationships, maybe moving animals. It involves taking care of the land, anything from starting new fence projects because stuff got burned up. It's kind of crisis management initially, but having a good self-awareness of where we're sitting at that time and prioritizing what's the most important things to take care of initially and then kind of go down that list from there. On the prime consideration of what to do with the cattle, Isaac says that depends on the circumstances. Ideally, you'd have another place for them maybe to go. In some situations, that's applicable, and it really depends on what you have, registered or commercial or whatever it may be. Any of those different scenarios are going to be uh, different responses. If you've got something that's easily liquidated, maybe you just liquidate. Depends on where the finances are and, again, what the health of the business looks like. And, uh, you know, if you've got a lot of extra labor, maybe that's something you can take on and, and you can keep animals. Maybe it means sell animals. It, every situation is a little different. Coming back from a wildfire won't be easy, but Isaacs says it can be done if you give it time. It's not a short-term thing. It's not something you can recover from in two weeks. You know, it's a multi-year response. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Soil tillage for the 2024 crop is already underway. Tom Nicoletti visits with one tillage equipment manufacturer. My guest today is James Schertz. He is president of the Ag Division with Great Plains Manufacturing. And James, uh, you folks are uh, providing uh, farmers across the nation, including Texas, with various equipment to uh, get their crops uh, uh, going in the springtime and what's the latest and you folks are of course uh, owned by parent company Kubota. When I think about Great Plains and one of the things I always like to talk about I start with we're owned by Kubota since 2016 you know that relationship with Kubota actually started back in 2007 joint marketing agreement with our land pride division to really provide solutions for that distribution but since that acquisition 2016 
things have only just gotten stronger and better. Kubota is a great parent. We're still an independent brand, as uh, the dealers in Texas know, is we represent the large production ag and providing solutions, as you mentioned, around seeding, really focusing in those box drills and tillage for really a global market. But with that relationship with Kubota, now we've got access to technology, resources, manufacturing capabilities that we just couldn't do on our own and really helps us expand the solution base and the capabilities for our market. But you know, Texas, love it because of the diversity. You get into East Texas, you get in the woods, out into the desert, into the West, vegetable crops down in the South, everything else in between. So we like to say that we are a true solutions provider, and that's one of the areas that we look at is from pasture reclamation and really a regenerative approach to be able to manage your soils out in that high plains area. We like to provide those solutions that best fit the markets. Texas is one of those strong markets that we look to support. That is James Schertz. He is president of the Ag Division with Great Plains Manufacturing. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It's time for the 62nd Annual Blacklands Income Growth Conference. Dr. Shane McClellan has more from Waco. The Blackland Income Growth Conference, as I often refer to as the BIG Conference, will be held January 9th and 10th at the Extraco Events Center in Waco. On the first day of the BIG Conference, there will be educational programs offered in various commodity sections, including beef, grains, cotton, forage, horticulture, small and new landowner-type management, wildlife. On-site registration for the first day is $25. There is no pre-registration for the first day. Your registration also covers lunch, where Dr. Jason Johnson, who is an extension economist and fifth-generation rancher, will be our guest speaker. Dr. Johnson is always well-versed. He's educational as well as humorous. We'll look forward to Dr. Johnson's message at lunch for that first day, January 9th at BIG. Classes on the first day start at 8.30, so you need to register before 8 so you have time to get to your class, and they'll, they'll finish approximately 4.45. All sessions the first day are going to offer some CEUs. Depending on the session, the topic, and speakers, CEUs they offer will vary. On January 10th, second day of the BIG conference, we'll have two different events offered. One is the private applicator training. The other is the recertification program. The private applicator training is for those that need to obtain a spray license. The other event, that recertification event, is for people that have a license and you need to obtain CEU hours. For people needing information about the BIG conference, go ahead and find a pen so you can write down my phone number. Cost for the PAT program, that private applicator program, is going to be $75, and the training is from 8 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. The recertification program where we're offering the CEUs, it's going to be five CEUs, $65 to register. One laws and regs, two IPM, and two general will be offered for license holders. Herbicide traits and technology, laws and regulations, managing ponds and lakes for fish production, uh, use of pesticide toxicants, other methods to control feral hogs, and then management of emerging landscape plant disease will be the course topic. So for more information, call the McLennan County Extension Office. I'll give you the phone number now and at the end. Our phone number is 254-757-5180. So review BIG conference January 9th and 10th, commodity sessions the first day, no pre-registration the first day. You've got to register on site January 9th. On the second day, January 10th, you must pre-register by calling my office, 254 757-5180. Until next time, this has been Dr. Shane McClellan from Waco with Texas Eye Today. We have started a new year 
And that means a new Toyota Sharelunker loaning period. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more on that coming up on Texas Ag Today. And winter is the time of year that cattle can be infested with lice. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Winter is the time of year that cattle can be infested with lice. Dr. Bob Judd has some tips for controlling lice during the winter months. Cattle lice can reduce performance, which results in a loss of almost $500 million to cattlemen in the United States per year. And it is not just the economic loss, but the cattle suffer with lice due to the intense scratching and rubbing on objects like fence posts. Lice-infected cattle spend all their time scratching and not eating, so controlling lice is necessary for animal welfare and economic concerns. Understanding the lice life cycle is important to correctly treat these animals, and there are two types of lice that affect cattle, sucking lice and chewing lice. Sucking lice feed on the cow's blood and are normally found on the neck, dewlap, brisket, shoulder, and tailhead. Chewing lice feed on hair, skin, skin exudates, and debris on the skin surface, and are initially found on the shoulder and back, but then spread over the entire animal. Both species have similar life cycles with three different stages, including egg, nymph, and adult. Lice generally become adults in four to six weeks, and a single adult female louse in September could result in one million lice by January, if we assume all eggs develop into adults. Lice generally are active when the temperature is less than 65 degrees Fahrenheit for five consecutive days and reproduce when the skin temperature is 95 degrees with 75% humidity. When treating these animals, knowing the animal's weight is critical because treating with the incorrect dosage will not be effective if you're using a pour-on product. If you use a product with an insect growth regulator, one treatment is effective. But if you do not use an insect growth regulator, retreatment in two weeks is required to eliminate the lice infestation. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It's a new year, and that means it's a new Toyota share lunker loaning period now underway. Jessica Nomal tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Anglers once again have the opportunity to help create bigger, better bass for Texas. The beginning of the new year this week means the kickoff of the 38th Toyota Sharelunker season. Each year, the Toyota Sharelunker program asks anglers who reel in a largemouth bass weighing 13 pounds or more to consider loaning it to the program. Those loaned bass are taken to the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center in Athens for selective breeding. 
Then, later this year, the program returns the loaned sherlunkers to the lakes where they were caught and stocks their spawn into Texas water bodies to create bigger and better bass for future generations. The sherlunker loaning period is now through March 31st. Anglers who catch a 13-plus pound bass can loan their lunker to the program by reporting the catch to the sherlunker hotline. In return for loaning their catch to the program, those anglers will receive a catch kit filled with merchandise a 13-plus pound decal for their vehicle or boat, VIP access to the Toyota Sherlunker Annual Awards event, a high-quality replica mount of their fish, and a swag pack and annual subscription for Bass University. The angler will also be entered into two separate drawings. Both are for $5,000 Bass Pro Shops shopping spree. The program isn't just for anglers who catch the 13-plus pound lunkers. Any angler who catches a largemouth bass weighing more than 8 pounds or that is longer than 24 inches can enter catch data from their fish on the Toyota Sherlunker mobile app or at texassherlunker.com. Details on how to do that, plus the phone number for the Sherlunker hotline, are available at texassherlunker.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Cattle futures start the year strong with nice gains in both live and feeder cattle on the first trading day of 2024 on Tuesday. We had nice triple-digit gains in the entire cattle complex. February live cattle up 342, closing at 171.92. The April up 225, 174.50, while June live cattle were up $1.87. 171.92. Nice gains in feeder cattle as well. January feeders up 312, 225.42. March feeder cattle up 335 at 226.45, with April up 325, 232.15. Cash fed cattle market all quiet to start the week. No bids or asking prices to report. Boxed beef prices were mixed on Tuesday. Choice down 4.99 at 284.72. Select up seven at 260.40. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My friend here in the auction alley is Klein Spear, Southwest Livestock Exchange Uvalde. Klein, we start with sheep and goats. How did it go? At 650 head this week, Larry. Heavy lambs, $1.50 to 240 Those light lambs, 230 up to 315 Those fat used, 60 to $1.30. Those thin packer used, 40 to 75 Those packer nannies, 70 to $1.50. Those stocker nannies, $1.60 to $285. Those good cabritos, 
230 up to about 395 and on the top end of those lightweights for two dollars up to 405 and the village yesterday dollar 60 to 235 how about the cattle sale right at 500 head Choice steers, dollar sixty-five to two fifteen, and those lightweights two twenty to three oh five. Choice heifers, dollar eighty-five to two ten, and those lightweights two ten to two eighty-five. Crossbred steers, dollar sixty-five to two hundred, and the lightweights dollar ninety to two fifty. Crossbred heifers, dollar seventy to two oh five. Those lightweights, dollar seventy-five to two forty. Stalker cows, ninety to a dollar fifteen. Packer bulls, ninety to a dollar twelve. Those breaker cows, eighty-eight to a dollar. Those cutters and canners, seventy to eighty-four, and those shelly cows, thirty to. 50. Uh, didn't have any pairs this week. Had some bred cows, 900 to 1,400. So uh, got along pretty good here to close out the year. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you and when you'll be back to sell cattle and sheep and goats. Give us a call at the office, 830-278-5621 or my cell phone, 830-591-3241. Uh, we'll be back on January 4th with a cattle sale. And then our first goat sale will be there on the, uh, I believe that's the 11th. And uh, wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year year in between same to y'all we'll talk to you after the holiday bye-bye Klein. and neighbor goodbye to you until we see you next time here on walking the pins texas farm bureau radio network i'm larry marble and you're listening to us right this second on texas ag today Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs took a drop on Tuesday. February hogs down 265 at 65.32. April hogs down 235 at 72.50. Class 3 milk was mixed. January contract up a penny, 15.44 hundredweight. Cotton market got hit fairly hard to start the trading year. Strong producer selling came into the market on this first trading day of the year, and that pushed the March contract below its 80 cent mark. March contract finishing at 106 lower, 79.94. May cotton down 107, 8108, with July down 97 points, 8186. Grain markets getting hit lower as well. Corn and wheat both finishing in the red. March corn down seven and a half at four sixty-three and three quarters. May corn down seven four seventy-seven. Both hard and soft wheat seeing double-digit losses. A stronger dollar and good rain across the high plains all pressuring the market a bit. March Kansas City wheat down thirteen cents, six twenty-nine a bushel. March Chicago wheat down twenty-one and a quarter at six oh six and three quarters. In the energy markets, February natural gas was up four cents, two fifty-five. February West Texas crude down a dollar twenty-two at seventy forty-three a barrel. In the financial markets, we were slightly lower Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down three points, thirty-seven thousand six eighty-five. The Nasdaq down 269 at 14,748. The S&P down 31, 4,738. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.